So welcome to another episode of Putting the Pieces Together with Jigsaw Learning. I'm joined today by Nolan Andriak, who is the principal of Elmer Elson Elementary School in Merthorpe. So hi, Nolan. Hello, how are you? Very well, yourself? Good, good. Busy day, but a good one. <laughs> I have had the opportunity to know Nolan for a number of years in my previous role in Northern Gateway Public Schools. And so I know that Nolan has taught grades four to six in Elmer Elson prior to moving on to Pat Hardy Elementary School where he was the vice principal for three years, at which point he went back to Elmer Elson as the assistant principal for a year and a half. And recently in the last few years took on the role of principal. Yes. So Nolan has spent his entire career in Northern Gateway and is one of those wonderfully kind male souls who teaches elementary school. <laughs> and yeah, I have a great appreciation for Nolan that over his 15 years, he has never strayed from his path. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and I've, I've given a little bit of background to your district, to the context that we know each other, but tell us a little bit about the context of your school and the district that you work in. So my school is housed in Marathorpe, Alberta. We have a large rural community here. We have some in-town students, but most of our students are bused in and they are out on farms or acreages and those pieces. Um, and it's, it's about 200 and 88 students after we have five new kids coming in over Easter so after Easter so we have 288 students here and we are the only K to 6 in Northern Gateway Public Schools so uh, on the east side of our division we have K to 7s and uh, a whole mix in white courts and then it changes up in value as well but we're the only K to 6 here so it's just uh, yeah it's a great school. Um, most of my staff live in the community as well. If not, yeah, I think there's only one staff member that actually travels in and out. Everybody else lives in the area of Marathorpe and Laxinan County. So they also, their student, their kids come here and they take a lot of pride in this building. So I'm very lucky to be able to be at the helm. Yeah, we're, we're lucky here. I, I believe I'm the fifth principal uh, we've had, yeah, I think there's five, only been five principals in the entirety of Elmer Elson. Um, it is, it seems like the assistant principals come through the ranks, come as teachers and then assistant principals and into the principalship here. So we kind of grow our own leadership and uh, it's worked well for our school and our community. And we have, we are the hub, like our symbol shows that we are kind of the hub of this community and those pieces. So it's, it's a pleasure to be here. And on the topic of kids coming to the school, I've noticed that you've had in the past some parent-child teaching teams as well. Yeah. yeah, we actually have, we have uh, one of our veteran grade one teachers, Sue Matson. She's been, this is her 36th year in the education profession. And you would think she's a new teacher still because she's trying new things and she's just going over into the Google world. She's getting a smart TV installed this week and her smart board finally died and she loved her smart board, but she's going over to that piece in the the Google suite world uh, and her daughter teaches grade six here as well. Um, she came from Percy Baxter and teaching up there and then she came to Elmer Elson to teach grade six and then uh, there's an aunt so Sue's sister Darla teaches grade two here and she's the aunt to Katie and and then we also have my assistant principal my partner in crime Leanna Fazer and her mom is an EA here at the school so there's a lot of family connections I guess and those pieces. Fantastic. So we're here today to talk about QLE. So that's why we got together. So I wanna, I wanna know a little bit more. What, what is QLE and how did it come to be? 
All right, so QLE began as, uh, it started as a thought stream. We started generating throughout our whole division. All teachers and EAs and staff were able to kind of put their thoughts forward of what, what a quality learning environment looks like and what, what that would portray. So we use the thought stream format and thousands and thousands of thoughts were brought up and then they were grouped and then we got to get it back and we start our, our selections that we found were most important. There was a group selected called the working group. Now that group did a ton of work, a ton of looking at the data and, and grouping the data and finding similarities and working with you of the U of C researching um, what makes up a quality learning environment. Nolan, can you describe for me the pyramid that you refer to and the domains that you were talking about around quality learning environments? Learners are supported and learners are successful. That's our two goals throughout Northern Gateway. And then we have our intensive supports, our school supports, our classroom supports. But in this dark purple is our quality pedagogy. That's the magic that happens in the classroom, right? And our learner is centered right in the middle because that's, we're centered on learning, right? And our learner is, of course, within it all. Uh, so then under our quality pedagogy, we, it was broken down by the, the working group and then has been working with the leadership groups and the steering team is the engaged professional, the purposeful assessment, intentional planning, positive classroom culture and responsive instruction, all those areas. Now within all those areas, they break it down piece by piece and have qualifiers and all that great stuff for teachers as well. Now the black triangle on the outside is that the culture of wellness, right? None of this works without the wellness piece being at the base. We have mental well-being social well-being and physical well-being are the three domains under the culture of wellness. So, and we have a wellness team that's on top of the QL, the leadership group and the steering team, there's a, the wellness group, the rare, there's a wellness champion from every class, every school that represents that and talks about what is social well-being? What is an example of that? So uh, yeah, it's, there's a lot of hands in this, right? It's a division wide, it's not a division wide, you have to, it's a division wide created by the people working within the division. I was gonna say, it sounds with all of the teams that that it, it's almost like every teacher has had an opportunity to basically kind of get in there and share their thoughts. Well, between, we are lucky enough to have a chosen person for the working uh, committee, between the working committee, leadership committee, steering team, and wellness, I think we've had almost 10 staff members be part of that, right? Out of a 16 staff, that's um, that's well over half. So, and that, so it's very uh, interactive. And then if you think about your, your literacy leads and your math leads, that's pretty much your whole staff is involved in this in some way. So we are lucky to have so many uh, opportunities to do this piece. And I think that's what's making the PD grow because it's owned by us, it's not, something brought down to us. It's something we've developed and want to push. How has that articulation of the quality learning environments impacted the principal community? Um, it's, it's common language throughout. So uh, if a staff member is here and they move to a different school per, per se, they would have that same quality standard there. They would talk about classroom climate and those p dimensions of the QLE that so it's that common language. Uh, administrators have that piece to discuss with each other. Teachers throughout the division can share their ideas and those uh, 
key pieces that might actually help. Here's something that we, we looked at the QLE. I tried this in my classroom and it really fit under this domain. You could try it in your room, like it would work here. So it, it, it brought together that the unity where we're not just, right? We take, we actually have names tied to what it is, it's quality teaching. You talk about the, the consistency across schools. What has the impact of QLE had on your school culture? Well, the first piece we had to look at, because we had a, when we looked at the QLE, um, like most schools, they kind of wonder, okay, is this something like the, the teachers sometimes feel, oh, are we going to add into this? Are we going to stack something on top again? But what we, they realized when we really pointed out is the QLE is not about adding on, it's to look at what's going on in your classroom and tying those pieces in and saying, you know what? This activity I've been doing for the last five years, this ties perfectly in with responsive instruction, right? And this, this is something, okay, we're going to talk about responsive instruction this week. I'd love to share this with my staff because you know what? I've been doing this and somebody else might be able to use it in my staff as well. So, or we pass it along to division and division, then they can share that piece as well. The way we rolled out the QLE as well is that every, we focus on one domain kind of at every PD day and really kind of focus in as a school and my school might be doing responsive instruction and a school in White Grove be doing it. It might look a little different because of the team layout of it and the school dynamics, but we're still having that same conversation and looking in the classroom. That's the important piece. What's happening in the classroom. So the standard is the same regardless of the context in which it's implemented. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, uh, and once the quality, so we had that working group and the working group, disbanded uh, over a year ago because we had the work part was done but that the back part was done now it was the front loading and getting it into the schools and having that where it became common language in the staff rooms in the classrooms trickled down right to the students uh, so what we what the division decided is we are going to have a QLE leadership team so every school had a leadership team that usually was part of their uh, their min team was part of it their IEF or select teachers depending on the school dynamics and they would meet we'd meet at division office and we'd lay out we'd look at what the steering team so we had a steering team as well so the steering team was a group of administrators and division office staff that would uh, kind of set up the task and we had we also had Curtis Houston helping facilitate that with the steering team and we would have those steering team meetings that have the QLE leadership meetings where we go through what kind of what our mock PD was going to be for that day. And then the QLE leadership team would meet together in our tables and sometimes our community groups and kind of brainstorm some really neat ideas. So we took it back. It wasn't just principal or admin team led, it was staff led. So we had teachers leading these groups. It was really powerful. We were on a real roll. We know that COVID has impacted a number of things in the community. <laughs> How did COVID force QLE to pivot? So the being that we cannot, we haven't had any live meetings in those pieces this year. And when COVID hit last year as well, it kind of stopped the QLE leadership team the way it was. Uh, we are lucky to finish our, like not finish, we're never finished, but wrap up the domains and being able to touch really deeply on those. Uh, wellness was definitely, is a section of our QLE that's, under the culture wellness rate, right? if we're if our staff's not well and our students aren't well, the learning piece and the pedagogy within the classroom isn't going to be well. So that was our big focus this year with COVID, with our students being gone last year and then coming back to the buildings this year was wellness, right? That was something that 
all administrators throughout our division focused on their teachers. We needed our, our, our teachers and staff period. So we had extra PD days at the start of the year this year to be prepared for that. So we focused on our wellness, focused on keeping everybody safe here at the schools as well. Um, but it was that, so we really focused on the positive culture, like the classroom climate and culture, having, building that with kids because these kids were going from all of a sudden, right? A year ago, they were told they're not coming back to class to going back to the school, new teacher, haven't seen kids, their peers, their age, a lot of them haven't seen anyone really in those times. So it was, it was a tricky time. And the biggest thing is they needed to know that they could trust and that someone in front of them every day was caring for them. So that was our biggest focus with the QLE this year. Um, something wonderful that came out of the QLE, uh, out of COVID with QLE though, is that we have a really tight knit principal cohort that came out of it. So we work with, so the steering team still meets and then we set up, uh, we set up a principal cohort meetings where the principal, it's driven by Prince administrators. So the, the administrators have topics they wanna to talk about that kind of fit under the QLE. And then we, we brainstorm and work together as a admin team. We are able to share ideas, share frustrations sometimes or big questions we might have um, and just have that. And it doesn't just happen just in that hour long meeting every couple of weeks or once a month or every two hours or every twice a month or whatever it, it happens. So if I'm having an issue right now. I could call pick up. I have no worries to call any of my peers in the administrator administration to help me out. So it's, it's, created a real bond between the admin teams because we are we're not an island but we definitely there's certain questions that come up that i might have a primary question for that i may need to call ann martins at pat hardy because that's her world and what are they doing with this piece so we can kind of we were, we're really we've become a lot more unified within the division which is wonderful in that way you talk a little bit about this principal cohort and it sounds kind of like collaborative response at a principal level <laughs> so how does QLE inform your school's collaborative response approach? We are one of the pilot schools to work with the, the CRM model. And that was many moons ago when I was still teaching, I think it was grade six that year we first brought it in. I think the first year it was in the division. Um, this staff is very, we've had the luxury of working with it for a lot of years and we've really changed the game the last four, three, four years on it. And it's, it's really focused on we're to the point now where we're not focusing on just talking about that one student and we're with our norms and stuff. We've moved so far past that we're talking about, okay, here's the, here's the skill set that I'm lacking. I'm in writing stamina. We're really struggling in this section and then we can group kids. And then we start thinking about tier two interventions and those push in things that we can help our small cohorts within our classroom. Cause especially this year, we can't, you're not having those LLI pieces and those uh, wonderful, options you sometimes have due to the cohorts and those pieces of COVID. So we had to think outside the box and really start tagging our kids in our classrooms and really how can we build this, build this skill set within our room during our day. Uh, Timetabling's been interesting this year, but you know what, we have a, a set timetable and a lot of the timetable of suggestions and ideas came from the staff because they live it, their, it's their world. So why would we not involve them in that big decision-making piece? So it sounds like you're having a lot of positive things happen. What maybe have been some of the challenges with articulating QLE? Just not having that, it's the, the closeness. So elementary staffs usually uh, like to visit and be together and those pieces. 
uh, it's exceptionally a close staff here, almost a family in some ways. Uh, we've dealt with a lot of sadness and a lot of greatness within our own personal lives and within our school community with losses and great things happening. But we also, so as that, we're, we're kind of a tight knit family and now we have, and literally some of us are family in this school. <laughs> and uh, so we go and from that piece where we're, when we're doing our PD, we're together, we're having that great lunch at lunch, we're excited and we're bonding, we're building stuff on the floor and we're breaking down tier two strategies and talking about how this is gonna work to that whole distance and online and Zoom meetings and those pieces. That's been the biggest challenge is the, is the lack of, we try as best we can, but we're definitely not, we're missing the connection a little bit within each other. And I think that would be fair to say for every staff in this, in anything in COVID right now, because we get into this profession because we love working with kids and with with our peers. And right now it's, we have our kids in our class, but with our peers, it's that connection piece where we, there's certain rules and regulations we have to follow to keep ourselves safe. And it's just not the same. That's our biggest challenge. And so amongst all that, then the, the leadership team that was getting together and building the PD, what's sort of happened to them? So they, one of the pieces is we, our PD was so front loaded this year for the safety and the wellness and getting all those ready. We don't have, we didn't have a lot of set PD days within the, within our, so we actually, January was our last PD day. So we're going from January to the end of the year with no PD days. So what we've done is we've built in, I do a, a weekly message out to staff and we kind of have a theme, a QLE theme, and then something we want to discuss at the staff meeting. We, we have weekly staff meetings. And then we kind of build our PD into our staff meetings, just little snippets every week, because if we don't do that, we lose that connection piece as well. So, and that PD, and that's what, and that's, it's just good conversation a lot of the time, really good professional conversation. And um, our staff has no problem approaching us and questioning some things and challenging us and in a positive uh, professional manner, but it, it happens. And that's just because, they, they trust what we're doing and they want to, they want to know what the think, thought process is behind it. And we, we do the best we can to share that. So. Well then let's circle back to some of the rewards of articulating QLE then. What have been some of the positives that have come out of the, the professional work that you've been doing around quality learning environments? I keep saying our wellness was a big conversation this year, not just for the students, it's for the staff as well. We're, we're in a, a time right now where we're, they're worried about their kiddos in their class, right? They care for them deeply and uh, like they're their own and they want everybody to be safe and healthy and they want their peers to be safe and healthy. Um, and so they, they need to make sure they need to take time. And I preach this a lot to um, my staff is that they, you know what, it'll be there tomorrow some days and you need to just go home and do something, even go for a walk or I, get on the announcements and always say these things and they're probably annoyed at me and sometimes tune me out maybe, but <laughs> just to, they'd have to put time, like give time for themselves. Uh, we have a very strong wellness, uh, two wellness champions here. We, some schools have one, but we have two cause they're uh, very passionate about it and they have wellness challenges for the staff. And it's one of those things it's, it's an optional piece, but it's, you know what, if you do a few of these things, we're going to have a draw and do this activity. So we've really tried that out and some people it's that that wellness challenge is some of the best things they've had or we've shared we've created uh playlists for on spotify staff playlists and those pieces so people have music to listen to at home when they're 
doing random boring things and uh, just just fun activities. And those the the two staff ladies that are working with that are just wonderful with that. And the staff they love that piece as well because it's it's connection again, right? You're building things, you're chatting, you're you're connecting, and that's what our staff does well. And it's that's been the biggest challenge this year is that connection piece and staying safe but still connecting. Talk about your teachers being well and, and the things that you're doing to, to keep them in that positive frame of mind, both mentally and physically. What are you seeing in your classrooms as you, you're wandering around now that, that QLE might have influenced? Our school had a huge, so this summer we had, we, myself and my assistant principal called every parent in our school to find out what their plan was for this year. And just to touch base and I know a lot of our parents were quite happy that they were doing that it was that personal touch and it was coming from the administrator of the school right and it was in uncertain times where they were maybe on the fence worried about their kids safety they they respected and they've trusted us to look after their kids here at school so um, the quality learning environment in the classroom there's great things going on and the the sharing there's there's a trust level uh, within my staff where someone will share out information handouts activities projects and they're not worried about uh being ridiculed or those pieces they're like and they you know they'll share it out and say you know what i love i this is my first time doing this project please give me some feedback or take this and adjust it to whatever you'd like to make it better and if you do make it better please share it back because that's how we do things or they just send out a google doc and say here's what i'm trying here if my grade team wants to try this as well or right and they they work really there's a, we were lucky too because we do have we have two of every grade except for grade five and they work well in their teams and their collaborative team meetings and uh we also are lucky here we have the literacy sub coaching through cheryl gascoin with jigsaw and then we have megan vesley uh from pat hardy primary he's bringing the primary math perspective to our school this year so it's been and then we have in-house we have cheryl king who's helping with the with the K of four to six end on the math. And she's also become kind of our very strong in the technological side of things. So she's, she's revamped her whole teaching process and she's, this isn't her first year, but the way she technology, you think she came straight out of university or a Google classroom because she's really done well. So it's just, it's just the teachers are pushing themselves and looking back at this stuff and looking at, okay, I have all this data and all this resources here. How can we make my room like, and they, and they did that too. They self-evaluated themselves. It wasn't evaluation from me. It was looking at themselves and they're, they're harder on themselves than I would be in a lot of cases. So they say, I'm really good in this area. I really need to push myself in being more engaged and trying this out. Right. So they, they challenge themselves every day. So. Nolan, do you have any last thoughts to share around the process for articulating quality learning environments and their impact on school culture and principal culture? One of the things I just, I, I make sure I have a little, so we have our, it's a, the triangle piece. I have a little triangle piece that goes on my drive-bys. And what I do with my drive-bys is every day I zip around and pop into a few classrooms. I go, and I, everybody has to put up with me a few times every day, but uh, I pop in and do a couple drive-bys, kind of plan it out throughout the week just to, to see what teachers are doing and then see kind of what I can tie to the quality learning environment. So at the end of the week or end of the month, you can say like, you know what, I saw our classroom culture is just amazing. I see all these pieces, kids work everywhere. Like we're flying on this stuff, right? And the, and the teachers will look and see that data and be like, oh, we could, you know what, we're really, really strong in the cl classroom culture. Maybe we need to look at 
maybe we need to talk more about assessments. And I know that's been a kind of a talk within our school right now, not alone here, but within the division about looking at assessment practices, especially last year when we had an emergency teach and how the online and the in-class assessment and how we look at that differently. A grassroots kind of approach to, to growing the efficacy of the teachers. Yes. Well, Nolan, I thank you for your time and thank you for taking it to share with us the story of quality learning environments in Elmer Ellison Elementary School, because I know you're a principal and I know that your kids always want to knock on your door and see what Principal Andreak is doing. <laughs> I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Perfect. Thank you, Jen. It was excellent.